I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Joshua, talk to me, man. Talk to we me. back. We back. <laughs> we back. Oh, all right. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show presented by KFC. I'm your host, Wendell. Joining me as always, follow co-host Josh Hart. Josh, I just watched a compilation of uh, that T- NBA on TNT made um, on Twitter, where it's literally just 30 seconds of Kyle Lowry grinning nonstop after last night. Um, what was your reaction after uh, OJ Anobi, um, the the uh, Kawhi successor himself, uh, hit the second biggest shot in franchise history? All right, I'm gonna challenge you on that last point, but first. Um, once I regained of my voice, mm. um, I tweeted out that this is unbelievable, joining many others, mm. um, and like texting everybody on my phone, oh my god, holy shit, you see that, OG Ananobi, and I have this take, that shot, kind of bigger than uh, Kawhi's shot, okay. given right. what <laughs> I have, one, right. there's one point, there's one point, yeah. the Kawhi shot, the game was tied. That's it. That's the only difference is the game was tied when Kawhi shot. Mm, mm. Se- same thing, season on the line, or season-saving shot, but we would have gone to overtime and, you know, there's more basketball that we were already promised. OG and Anobi, season's over if he doesn't hit that shot. Mm. Wow. Talk to- you know what? Honestly, I can see it. I, it I can see my- it. The, the, the Kawhi shot, more drama, more unbelievable to look mm. at, um, and, and going to be more iconic for it, but, you know, OG saved the season. There was OG no coming back. Season. There was no coming back from 3-0 deficit if he misses mm-hmm. that shot. Mm-hmm. But you, one thing about OG and Anobi, he doesn't take shots that he doesn't think are going in. So we mm-hmm. back. We're back in the series. In the immortal words of OG and Obi, I don't shoot trying to miss. <laughs> and I don't shoot trying to anyone, miss. Neither should anyone listening oh, to our voices goodness. or watching this on YouTube take shots they uh-huh. think are going in. How many people right now in the DMs are getting the message. I'm not, I don't see you trying to miss. <laughs> I feel like everybody in Toronto, if you are single, maybe people who aren't even single are probably getting that message or shooting that off right now. That very, is the it, number, that's the, that's the go-to line from now on. I don't see you trying to miss. I'm trying to read it. <sighs> the man who said, if your girlfriend likes my Instagram pic, she's our girlfriend. He doesn't take shots, he misses. I mean, again, you know, uh, OG deserves it, man. OG deserves it. I'm so happy for this guy. Yeah. Uh, After last season, you know, there was a lot of difficult stuff for him on the court, mm-hmm. off the court. Yep. Um, like Kyle said, couldn't be, couldn't be a more deserving person to have the moment that he had yesterday. And I'm sure he's, his phone's blown up with all sorts of people taking shots. They hope go in uh, in his DM. Mm. Um, it's an exciting time to be a Raptors fan. Uh, we were, I was really prepared for this to be like a terrible show. But hey. Yeah. We're- you know. <laughs> It, you know, it was shaping up that way. It was shaping up the way after Kemba Walker kept his dribble alive. Great game by Kemba. Just phenomenal. Really efficient game. Uh, to fi- find Daniel Tice, you know, Mark was looking real depressed and haggard. Raggedy. And all of a sudden, 
And by the way, we got. By the way, we got. We have to come to the last play, okay? Because you know, I wrote a breakdown about this last night. Couldn't sleep. It was like one thirty a.m. I'm like, screw it, not going to sleep. Pulled up my laptop, wrote a little breakdown. Couple things. First off, the Celtics played zone for the zero point five seconds, which is very stupid in this situation. Obviously, it looks stupid because you, you gave up the shot, but it looks super stupid because all the Raptors had to do to get OG open was for OG to cut from the right corner to the left corner. Not a single guy picked him up. No one really yeah. followed him. Nothing, right? And it just did not make sense. I know the, the, the Celtics were like, okay, you know what? We're going to have general guys in general zones so we can contest. Bro, with 0.5 seconds left, you should just stick with the man so that no one catches the ball. Like, how was that hard? And this big brain yeah. Brad Stevens completely yeah. overthought that. He, he overplayed and, his hand throughout the night. Like, Ian's yeah. canter minutes were... Ian is canter! <laughs> like, when the Raptors can't score at all, you're going to put Ian is canter out there, man? That's yeah. like an oasis in the middle of the desert right there, man. I know that Robert Williams was... Uh, his, his back was tight, but just hmm. stick to your, like, traditional rotation plays. Those Ian is canter minutes, not that they turned the night around, but they really did a lot to turn the night around. Yeah. No, I mean, it was fantastic. You got Kyle and Fred, easy baskets going downhill. I mean, yeah. they looked at him every single time. They, honestly, what they saw on the court wasn't Enos Cantor. They saw the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. And they were like, <laughs> we're, we're getting that. We're getting that. He's, that's a walking bucket. Like, literally, that's a walking bucket. Uh, seriously. Um, like, he, yeah. I mean, fresh off his uh, latest shift as a lifeguard, he was, you know, exhausted. Mm. And the Raptors took advantage of that. Similar, his protege, Taco Fall. Uh, didn't really get that much left off the ground on the on that inbounds play, you know. Yeah, keep well, it up, swim team. <laughs> again, you have zero point five seconds left, and you have five defenders against four against the four offensive players of the Raptors because obviously someone's inbounding. Yep. Why are you guarding the inbound? Just have five guys. Like even if you want to play zone, you can have five guys playing zone because then yep. you can at least you have more spots in the zone covered, right? The, the Taco Fall standing in front of the rim. <laughs> put his hands together man like he was I, yo, honestly i told you i told you this before in our pregame show whatever like you you could literally have one of those like traffic cops from the airport doing a better job <laughs> on defense that's seven foot 25 taco fall like just doing nothing you know and then kyle yeah. man what a, what a, what a pass from kyle but fantastic the raptors are uh back in the series down 2-1 realistically um they should be up 2-1 in the series but whatever you know you can you can start from here uh in the immortal words of fred van vliet who uh, was heard by reporters yeah, screaming, they effed up now. They effed up now. And um, that's, that's, the, that's the tone we're going to go with for this show. So you can call into us at the number above, 289-778-0918. We're looking forward to hearing uh, some very excited callers. Um, yeah, we're seeing now that our lines are going absolutely nuts. But we have our first caller, uh, familiar to many of you, Will from Hong Kong. Will, welcome back to the show. Josh Hart, good afternoon, sir. William Liu, good afternoon, sir. Shout-outs to producer Ashley once again as well, as always. 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 Yo. Now, her phone is literally, like, melting right now. Yeah, I would imagine after this win here. Um, But, yeah, I'm just going to spend a few topics. You know, obviously, OG, Kyle, going to light into Mm. James Capers as well. Um, But, yeah, just overall, you know, I just... Oh, that man was pissed. Yo, I'm... (laughs) That man was pissed. <laughs> Never seen a ref pissed at a game winner before. I'm going to say it right now. Don't be surprised. A few years from now, we've uh-huh. got a Tim Donaghy situation with Mr. James Capers. Okay. I'm going there. Okay. okay. All right. I'm that, All right. Uh, putting that out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this, you know what? It's the second round of the playoffs, right? 
And it, I think it's kind of like a uh, an analogy of, um, you know, like, hey, you know what? I want to see my girl in, in, in a, you know, sundress and heels, you know, constantly. But sometimes you oh, yeah. need, the, uh, you know, sweatpants, t-shirts, sneakers, hair not done up, whatever, right? But at the end of the day, mm. um, you know, you want to see pretty, go watch, I guess, rewatch the, the, the next Raptors four games. Right, but it, mm. at this point, yeah, it's going to be grimy. It's just going to be grimy, and a win is a yeah. point, no matter how how it happens. Um, but you know, James Capers, man, come on. Okay, so Brad Wanamaker kicks Kyle Lowry, right? As part of you know the layup motion or whatever. That's how it was uh, presented. But look at bro. By the way, I saw, I saw Celtics fans online saying Kyle Lowry put. His nuts on <laughs> Wanamaker's knee. Okay, that's what I, I swear to God. <laughs> that's what people were saying. <laughs> that was the foul. Kyle Lowry, you know, but it's just it's like, unbelievable. And don't forget, Wanamaker body checked Kyle Lowry in Game Two. So I know. It's true. Like no play for the ball whatsoever, and they didn't even call flagrant then. But, so I don't know what the hell is going on. Couple grievances I want to air though. So Wanamaker does what he mm-hmm. does, but the Raps have mm-hmm. the Raptors have to literally beg James Capers, yo. Go to the video. But I think back to Miami, yep. right? Kyle mm. dumps in to Kelly Olenek. Olenek goes down, right? Hey, I get it. CanCon, right? Yep. Want to, you know, protect him at all costs. But the rest run right to the monitors. Kyle gets hit. I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. migrant, right? And here is like, Brad Wanamaker gets the Nothing. of the doubt. You know, what part of the game is this? Yeah, it's yeah, really bad. Jalen Brown. Kemba, cool. Brad Wanamaker. Mm. I know, right? Like, yeah. oh, really? A, really? You have a bum player trying to do that Early to a star M1, player? Andy, Andy I, I don't understand. What happened to star protection this week? So, uh, but whatever, man. It happened, right? Um, and then, wait, I'm getting my days mixed up. So game two, the Marcus Smart Barrage. When was that? Was that Tuesday mm. or Monday? I, I can't remember. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So, yo, I, you know what? Five, five three-pointers in a row, they were contested too. Like, I can't even, I can't even slander him. I can't even hate him for that. He's the person of Kyle Lowry, man. Like, everybody in this chat, hey, if Marcus Smut was on the Raptors, they'd be loving it too. But, uh, yeah, I got to give it up to him yeah. running into Pascal there, man, to draw the offensive foul. On the uh, on the fast break <laughs> when Freddie hit the layup, yo, that referee that was, so, that was that creative. Make the offensive foul call with so much conviction, it was great. Like he sold it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He sold that shit. His only yeah. take, I think, on the replay was mm-hmm. pushed off too much on his, on his arm, though. But other than that, he he said he had me sold too. So, um, but yo, shout out to Marcus Smart though, man. I gotta I gotta give the man his due. I gotta give the man his due. I'm staying impartial here, right? I'm staying impartial. Uh, yeah. calling it for, you know, what I see. But uh, just before I go, what do you guys think in terms of, because um, I know last time we spoke about just the Marcus Soul, Serge Ibaka thing, but Serge, you know, he, he hasn't been great, you know. Um, but what do you guys think going forward? Does uh, Nick continue with just what he's been do- doing or any, any drastic changes or not necessary? What do you guys think?
So the Raptors have been really bad on the offensive glass throughout the series. I think that if you're able to do anything with Serge Ibaka, similar for Marc Gasol, will be to make them uh, focus on rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and Serge is decent with the putback. His hands seem terrible. Like yeah. He doesn't seem to be able to um, work as well as a dive man with Kyle Lowry in the pick and roll, and that's a struggle. So just ask him to do different things. Um, ask him to catch the ball less. And spend more time boxing out, yeah. Because his size is still should still be uh, able to influence the outcomes of these games. But Nick Nurse seems to want to just be riding the guys who are showing up for him. So I don't know how much more, how many more uh, sort of bites at the apple Serge is going to get in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think Mark's giving you more defensively right now, and yeah. Especially against Tatum, Tatum's length right now. I mean, he's he's really impressed me a lot yeah, offensively. But I feel like I feel like Mark's probably the best presence you have at the rim. I don't think that's actually even close yeah. with, between him and Serge. Even though they're both giving a lot of great effort, and Serge is good, but Mark's just really good. Yeah. Um, and also, oddly enough, Mark's done a better job going to the rim. Yeah, I'm, I can't Serge's hit a lot either. more jumpers for sure. Mark hasn't hit a single jumper. Well, I mean, from three at least. He, he banked in that weird little mid range. Yeah. Uh, which, Whatever, but Mark actually went to the rim a couple of times. So yeah, um, I don't think either options is like bad necessarily, but I actually do think Mark has really stepped up after game one. So yeah, roll with what's working. Also, yeah. I, I like the fact that you can run a little bit more offense through Mark, just because like I feel like he's screening a little bit better too um, on some of these plays. I, I, just, I mean, you look at the final play, for example, Marcus Saul ends up screening Jalen Brown just a slight bit. And honestly, Jalen was so athletic, he almost still blocked the shot. Oh, yeah. but if it wasn't for that, you know, that extra bit yeah. of that screen, Jalen might have blocked the shot. So yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's pretty clear. Nick trusts Mark more than Serge, but yeah. Yeah. can't really go wrong. But, well, another game. When is it Saturday, right? Saturday, yeah. So um, yeah, Saturday, baby. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, just like that pass from Kyle Lowry to uh, OG at the end there, that's what we're going to see at uh, Old Trafford with Paul Pogba pinging the ball to Jaden Sancho on the right wing. Um, look forward to that. So, um, yeah, thanks again, guys. Uh, and shout out to you again, Will, for uh, those post game uh, wrap ups here. Kissy buckets, man. That's it. All right, guys. There you go. All right. There you go. Bye. Peaceful. Uh, you can call yourself at 289-778-0918. Uh, we'll be taking calls for next little, you know, for a little while at least. Um, next on the call, on the line, we have uh, Marlon Palmer, uh, you know, GTA legend. Uh, Marlon, welcome to the show. Marlon, you there? Yep. Yo, Hello? how's hey. it going? What's going on? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling great today. How are you guys feeling? <laughs> oh man, buddy! Couldn't even sleep. Yeah, I woke up like four in the morning. Saw Drake put out a video. I saw you sending a message at six a.m. What's, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I mean, I was excited. I As woke up and be. had to think, was that real? Yeah, no, I've asked plenty of people. Did that happen? <laughs> mm. Yo, it was un- it was re- remarkable. Yo, yeah. 0.5 seconds, man. What can you do in 0.5 seconds, really? You know what I mean? I, and listen, it's not like OG has that quick of a shot either, so I right? can't believe it, man. Yeah, his release, too. I was yeah. in I was in a Copacabana at a at a birthday dinner, and I'm watching it on my phone. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I'm watching it on my phone, 
and the feed's kind of delayed, right? So like we're we're sitting too uh-huh. far from the bar to be able to see uh, the game from like the cable live network. So my feed's a little delayed, and I hear people scream. So I'm like, okay, we tied it. There's, it was out of the realm of possibility mm. that Nick Nurse would have the balls to even drop a three-point play down 2-0. Mm. So I'm like, okay, we tied it. So I'm waiting to see it, and I'm watching the play develop, and I see OG in the corner by himself, and I'm like, nah, there's no way. Especially with Taco Fall, who's like nine foot a million, yeah, standing yeah. in front of Larry, <laughs> cross-court pass. Like, there's so many things that could go yeah. wrong, right? If OG has to jump and catch that ball – it's over. If he has to pick it up off the mm-hmm. ground, it's over. So when he passed that ball and he got it, I was in, I was just in disbelief. I think I was in more disbelief than the Kawhi yeah. shot, to be honest. I mean, you know, this is what we talked about earlier. Josh had the hot take that uh, this is actually more impressive than the Kawhi shot, which, I mean, there was, the, okay, there's less time and they're down. They're down. You know I mean? They're down. The, yeah. the the Raptors were tied when Kawhi got like yes, yep. I agree that the Kawhi shot the result was more unbelievable to see a ball bounce four times. Craziness. Mm. But OG the the cross court pass, you're down. You need this basket or else there's no more season left. Doesn't flinch. Nothing. And you go up to the fourth you didn't even option. Have time to it's not even like in. it was Laurie or Van Vliet or even That's Jacob. Yes. I know. It's like your fourth no, option on the court. Yo, that's uh, that's great coaching by Nick too, because the decision to get Kyle, who like Kyle, led the team in scoring with thirty-one. So like to have <laughs> Kyle inbound the ball yeah. is already a pretty big decision right there. But you need your best it, passer. Period. Like honestly, with zero point five seconds left, the pass is more important than anything else. Yeah. Because you, you, how are you even getting a good, a good pass? Tell that like, to Billy Donovan. You, you throw it a little high, it's done, right? All right, shout out Billy Donovan. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Shay's. This is a slander-free program for Shay Gilgis Alexander, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what you're thinking, man. You got Stephen Adams right there. <laughs> but that's the thing. Oh my see, goodness! See, like Shay's a second-year player. Is... Kyle's like a 14-year vet. Exactly, exactly. Very big difference. And you're taking from the great Hubie Brown, like it, <laughs> the fact that it wasn't even oh, yeah. a play that he yeah, made up true. himself. He just trusted the action in the middle to work. It was incredible, man. Mm. Yeah, remarkable bunk stuff. Marlon, you have an event coming up. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell the people a little bit about it? Um, well, for people who, who may not be yeah. familiar with you, just about your voice, who, who are you? Who are you to the city of Toronto, to Raptors fans? Tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I am a podcast host as well. I, uh, pod- I host a weekly podcast called The Extra Gravy Show, where we just talk about the culture, pop culture, sports, um, and just tackle a lot of tough questions that we face as, as we're growing older. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that I've been doing for a couple of years. I, um, I host and MC events as well. And I'm a Raptors enthusiast. I'm a Raptors fan, diehard, like... This is just, I, I don't think I've missed a game in a law, like at least four years. I don't think I've missed one game. So like, I just, I just love the Raptors. This made my, my weekend. I don't care what happens tomorrow, but by the words of Fred Van Fleet, they definitely fucked up. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> 
they got oh, the battery man. in our back now, so I, I'm I'm not too worried going forward. I we've corrected a lot of the mistakes that we made from game one in games two and three. Um, the bigs are starting to yeah. come through. That that pick and roll with Mark going to the basket, it seems to be clicking like every time. Siakam found his shot, found a way to score in the second half, so I was happy with that. Fred yeah. looks like he's starting to get back on track from the three-point line. OG's having big games when it matters the most. Like, There's not much more you could ask for uh, after what you saw in game one. So I'm really happy with the trajectory of, of where the series is going. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Marlon, what you got going on Saturday? Saturday, I have my podcast picnic. Uh, we're doing it at a secret location. I guess I could say the location now at Riverdale Park. Uh, we're going to be doing... Uh, east, east or west? Nice. East or west? Yeah. The, the I didn't even Park know there east, was another one. The big one. Yeah, the the big one that's uh, that kind of overlooks the city skyline that we're going to be doing over at uh, yeah. that park, and we're going to have our normal live show that we normally have, where we we just talk pop culture topics and things like that. But we're also going to have um, a couple surprises, some games that we're going to be playing, uh, some prizes to give away, and uh, people are getting their merch for the first time, so that's also exciting too. And uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. It's about four. It's from four to seven at Riverdale Park. Uh, I host that with my co-host Alicia, who was formerly on uh, Flow ninety three point five, as well as Big Norm, who's a stand-up comedian in the city. And yeah, it's gonna be mad fun. Ten dollars to pull up. Link is in my Instagram bio. That dude McFly or Extra Gravy Show on Instagram. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, thanks so much for your call. We'll, uh, you know, many will be following you on Twitter. I encourage them to Dope. join you and uh, uh, congrats on all the success. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. All right. Peace. All right. Have a good one. Oh, man. Okay. Good, um, good vibes. This is, good vibes. This, is probably the, this is the happiest show we've ever done. Like, bar none, man. This is the we happiest show. We did a couple show. during that 15-game win streak. But, yeah, this is, this is nah, an unbelievable This is different. This is different. Um, by the way, I have to uh, let you know one key stat from this game. Um, Raptors got 14 points in fast break, which is good. It's still below the season average of 20, but I mean, it's the playoffs. The Celtics are good defense, whatever, right? The Celtics only got two. So the Raptors finally decisively won the fast break battle. And that's the big, big thing for the Raptors yep. right now is you need to be, you, first off, you need to just keep the Celtics out of transition. They're a really good transition team too. But um, that advantage used to be there for the Raptors every single game. They were like plus five, plus six, every game in transition. Yep. So to be plus 12 in a game like this, huge. And, and I'm looking at guys like Fred who gave it seven points. And really, Fred could have had more, too, because he had a couple of charges there where, you know, uh, Kemba honestly played some pretty good positional defense. I don't, I don't even think that was a bad call. But, I mean, you know, I just like the emphasis of the team to run. And for the, the team that was playing guys like Fred, what, 43 minutes, OG 45 minutes, Kyle Lowry 46 minutes, for that team to still outrun the opponent, that shows you how much they wanted it. Obviously, there's more on the line for the Raptors than there were for the Celtics, but... Gotta keep that going forward. Also, yeah. please, please, Brad Stevens, keep playing Enos Cantor, man. Please, Enos Cantor is my favorite player in the NBA right now. <laughs> I love watching that man play. Play him, I mean, Ta- please. Taco Fall. Somebody did the math. Taco Fall's uh, per thirty six is supposed to be like a minus fourteen hundred. So maybe keep playing Taco Fall. Um, uh, you know, from- honestly, yeah, go for it. Either one of those guys, maybe both. Play both at the same time. 
Um, I have a, there's a question from the chat. Uh, what do you think about Matt Thomas being ahead of Terrence in the rotation? Uh, I'm not sure. Do you think Matt Thomas, I guess, firmly is now ahead of Terrence in the rotation? I don't know what firmly. I think Nick's trying to search right now. I think with Terrence, the man came in the last game, committed three fouls in like two minutes. Okay. At least Matt Thomas didn't commit fouls. Yeah. Like we're, we're literally just looking for someone to space the floor, stand in the corner, and they're not going to leave him, and then just be passable defensively. And it is as crazy as it is to say that Matt Thomas is better at defense than someone else. Matt Thomas might be better on defense right now than Terrence Davis. He's just making fewer mistakes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, how many looks did Terrence Davis get in the net series, and how fair is it for him to have completely lost his role in the rotation? I have. Bro, we him. saw the seeding games. It was bad. I know it was bad, and he and Matt said, played I don't know, better than the seeding games. He said that he was BSing, but I yeah. do still think that having the athleticism on the in the backcourt would be useful right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But whatever, Nick Nurse is flipping coach of the year so what do i know but i think i i actually think that uh even yesterday there was a moment where i thought like why isn't ronde in this game um just to like muck things up because the raptors were finally able to get out and run and ronde if anything he's willing to buy into the activity end on the defense agreed he can't score but still mm-hmm. um next on the line we have eric from toronto uh, who wants to talk about the rotation. So maybe he'll also uh, find out what's going on with Terrence. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Um, it's funny enough, actually, I was calling to talk about the rotation. Um, what do you guys think about specifically, I know you were mentioning Matt, uh, and it was a small sample size yesterday, but I was kind of feeling like Alex because uh, it did seem like he was one of our best defensive players on the floor. Um, and I know that's a bit of a stretch, but he did seem like a lot of the issues uh-huh. with, with the Celtics is that or when we defend the Celtics is we get too close to them and then it's easy for them to draw a foul. It happens all the time. But what Matt was doing is he was, he was staying in front of his defender the entire time. He wasn't getting baited and he was just making himself a nuisance. And he was, you know, like, what do you guys think about utilizing Matt and TD and maybe even Boucher every time to kind of counteract the influence of Williams? Uh, I mean, the Williams thing, I think they just need to do a better job boxing out, man, because it's not actually that hard to stop him. He's not like a skilled offensive player. He's a really athletic offensive player. That's kind of about it. I I don't think you should have that many issues um, actually guarding this man. So, you know, I think that's – I don't know if you have to adjust much other than just, like, be focused. Of course, the Celtics run him a a lot of pick and rolls and stuff like that. So, you know, when you have Kemba up, he's screening for Kemba. You know, two defenders come to Kemba. Kemba can throw the pass over the top and he can maybe dunk it. But I think for the most part, if you're just diligent with your rotations and box outs, Williams is not a problem. Honestly, Matt Thomas did a decent job. I want to say he's like, he was a stopper defensively, anything like that. But when you look at Matt Thomas's time on the floor, right? He guarded um, Jason Tatum for a couple of possessions there. He guarded Jalen Brown. He forced Jalen Brown into a miss. Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker, like he did. Okay. Obviously, you know, with Matt in the game, you're going to play zone because uh, you kind of need to hide him a little bit. But he does well positionally, and he doesn't really foul. That's the thing. The Raptors had such a big issue last night with fouling. They just kept fouling, like unnecessary fouls. Norm came in, started slapping people for no reason. I don't know what the hell's going on with you. That was tough. That was very bad. bad. Right? So Matt Thomas comes in. He doesn't foul. He plays with defense with his feet. Couldn't really get a shot off, but, you know, even for those six minutes, just to have a, a neutral off the bench right now, it was enough. So and he comes such yeah. a long way defensively since I mean, the beginning not... too. Yeah, I mean he's no longer like turning his back on on the play because he got crossed up so bad. But you know, 
I think those memories stick with you a little bit more than the solid positional defense too. Cause he really is, he's a decent team defender. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. lose track of his schemes and he's not swiping at the ball that much. Also, I kind of like that there was this piece that a couple of years ago, true who wrote about this, where it was like Steve Novak, remember Steve Novak, Raptor legend, Steve, Steve Novak was one of the best defenders in the NBA statistically in isolation. And the main reason for that was literally everybody saw Steve Novak and was like, I got to ISO this man. Forget the whole <laughs> offense. I'm going at Steve Novak. And some players that were not great ISO players were still being like, yeah, I'll go against Steve Novak. And it kind of baited a lot of people into breaking their offense and trying to focus on this one guy because he's kind of obvious. And I kind of feel like the same thing happens with Madden in a way. I mean, like, if you want to ISO, that's fine. But I'd much rather someone ISO as compared to Kemba Walker running a pick and roll. It's just going to lead to a less efficient offense on the whole. So it's not like he's great defensively. It's just people get too confident offensively when they see six foot three Matt Thomas. Looking like the latest uh, staff member, EY. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And it, it also seems like it's, it's not just that, like what I mentioned as well, but it's also that the way that he plays defense is a lot more, I don't know how to say, it, but like he has his arms up in, in a way that kind of like, I, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was you who said it, but I, I remember somebody saying that the key to defending the Celtics right here is not necessarily to try and get up in their face, but to kind of just put them off. And it seems like Matt was doing that a lot more effectively than, than some of our other defenders. And that's something that I noticed. But. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, well, so I mean, how, how, shout out to Matt. So how do we win in, in game four? Just as like this kind of like final question. And, you know, like, especially how do we, combat the whistle that's been going against us on what seems like every single play because I mean there's a certain level of aggression that we need to maintain if we want to compete against the Celtics and right now it seems really difficult to maintain that level without getting in early foul trouble which then ends up deflating our team both offensively and defensively yeah well I mean first off it's just got to be a little more disciplined like there's I mean the Raptors can't play aggressive without fouling they've done it all season they need to continue doing that the Raptors weren't really a high foul team even though they were really aggressive yeah. Um, I think you do need the, even, the whistle to even out a little bit. Here's here's a fun stat for you. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jason Tatum has played 37 minutes in game one, 42 minutes in game two, 39 minutes in game three. He has defended some of the Raptors' best players. He's been guarding Kyle. He's been guarding, uh, you know, Fred. He's been guarding Pascal. There's been a lot of contact. Jason Tatum has two total fouls in three games. How? I'm, I'm just saying, how? Like said, Meanwhile, Pascal Siakam gets three fouls. Literally superstar calls, okay? Yeah. Uh, as in the in the words of Nick Nurse, this man's getting treated right. Two fouls called on him in three games? That's unbelievable, right? So <laughs> I'm just saying, look, the Raptors actually have a good game plan right now, right? I think they figured out the zone is working pretty well. Every yeah. single game, the Raptors have tried the zone. It's worked well. Whether it's two center or not, the zone has been decent. I think they have figured out some things defensively where – you know, you, I think they've done a really good job on Jalen Brown as a whole. Jalen Brown got a couple of offensive, you know, like loose ball situations, the dunks at the end. But for the most part, they've kept him in check. Kemba's been kept in check in one of these games, you know, for the most part. They still need to do a better job guarding Kemba on the pick and roll. It's just tough. It's tricky, but it just requires a lot of activity from the bigs. Um, I think they can look on the video and see that Kemba's trying to keep his dribble alive as much as possible. So Mark, even though when he comes up to like hedge and trap, just head just a little bit less aggressively and try to contain the drive a little bit more because when he gets past you, you're, you're, you're basically toast. toast. And then um, offensively, yeah, I mean, they have, it's, they're not going to get that many easy looks, but, you know, they've got some more threes to drop finally. 
And then the second thing is just get out and transition whenever you can. Like that energy to go on transition has to be there consistently. And so I think that's a good game plan. Like I thought the game plan in game two was solid. Game plan game here, game three was solid. So, so I have no complaints. So do you guys think- and I know that they think they're solid too because they canceled practice after game two and they only had an optional uh, video session today. So, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that's arrogance. I just mean that like they well, have to, to be the new, yeah. So they don't need to come in and practice this game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're playing your guys 47 minutes, you, you got to give them a day off. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, great. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Peace. Oh, man. How you feeling? How you feeling? I feel good. I feel good. It's hot. It's, it's really hot in my office whenever I close the door. It's got poor ventilation, but um, no, I feel great, man. I, I, I need to get a nap in the middle of the day, though. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of exhausted. I'm not going to lie. I'm well, you're Stephen, up late. I'm on that Stephen A. Smith schedule right now, but. <laughs> Stephen you know, Agent Smith. Yes. Stephen Agent Smith. That's the career goal right now. Um. Yeah. What do you, you want to talk Go ahead. What What are you, you going to say? Do you want to talk about Steve Nash? Because I don't like it. Do you like it? All right. I mean, I don't like or dislike it. I like Steve Nash personally. He's probably sure. one of my favorite players ever. Ever. Um, yeah. Probably my. He's my. He's my first favorite player. Um. Him and Jermaine O'Neal randomly. But um. Oh yeah, you weren't like a. You weren't a. You weren't around for the Carter years. You were like. You know, I was here for the last to... Vince Carter year where this man was, you know, down on the floor all the time and playing like a, a prime John Salmons. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John Salmons. Yeah. I don't know. I think that it's just weird that Jack Vaughn's their lead assistant going to be doing the whole job. And, you know, salute to Steve Nash. Um, I'm sure that he has a great relationship with the stars and managing mm-hmm. the personalities is a big job. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the whole hire is you can say he will effectively keep Kyrie and Kevin Durant from going crazy. Um, but I don't know. It still seems a little, a little sideways to me. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. We can't pretend like this is not how the world works, right? Sure. Like if you, who, who you know is the biggest factor in professional opportunities. Yep. Let's be honest, right? Like for me – yeah, I feel like I've worked hard to get into this position, but if I didn't uh, know Blake from a previous work experience at Raps Republic, I probably don't get in at the score. And if I don't get in at the score, don't get other opportunities. And if I don't get other opportunities, I'm not here doing the show for Yahoo. So yep. it's it's the biggest thing is who you know, right? And that's such a big thing. And for Steve, he, A, he's known because he's, you know, a two-time MVP, one of the, you know, best passers of all time. Yep. Uh, really, you know, the lead figure, the primary figure for one of the most famous teams of all time. The seven seconds are left sons. Um, and then you, you put in the fact that, you know, he's been around these star players. You know, he hosts that soccer tournament every year in New York. Uh, you know, Kyrie has come out to that tournament multiple times. So he's built a connection with Kyrie. He obviously yep. was an assistant or kind of a consultant, I guess. He wasn't he was a consultant on the player development side of the Golden State Warriors organization. An yep. organization that I can't point at a significant talent they've developed in the last couple of years. What, since he's shown up. On the front half, yeah, you developed Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green into Hall of Famers, but I don't know. Yeah, like I mean, he was. I mean, he was kind of like a, a you know, a, a shooting coach that comes in once in a while. You know what I mean? But I think yeah, it's just Steve. People have a really high opinion of Steve. That's just what it is, and they've always had a high opinion of him. You know, I, I feel like every single white point guard in, uh, in in NBA history has become a coach 
Yeah, it's like what? How long yeah. before Kirk Heinrich is the new coach of the oh. Chicago Bulls? No, I can't wait. I think I think that's why the the Bulls are delaying their coaching. Yeah, right it's going to be Kirk Heinrich. To, it's, and it's just to, I, they're trying to get him and Luke Ridnour on the phone. <laughs> it's going to be like Luke Heinrich and our, uh, Mike Ridnour are going to be the mm. uh, the coaching tandem. It's just but like yeah, I'm, no, I mean it's this is just how it goes though because people are like first off there's like a there's a, there's already an inherent sort of um, and I'm not saying this about Steve specifically. I think Steve is undeniably a brilliant basketball player, right? But there's already a sort of a societal sort of advantage built in to sort of thinking about certain people as more brilliant than others. That, that's undeniable. But then the other thing is, especially with white point guards, they, everyone's always like they succeed because they're smart. And honestly, a lot of the times it's probably true. But, you know, like I think that goes too far a little bit as well. But yeah. I don't know. It's also a case where former players just walk into jobs. Right? Yeah. And this, that, that's something that's, that transcends race. Like, you know, you have Derek Fisher who fresh off of like, you know, averaging two points for OKC walks into a job with the Knicks and a head coaching job. And I'm sure people weren't up in arms about that. But again, that's another case of who you knew. Like Phil Jackson was running the Knicks. He obviously knew Derek Fisher from his time with the Lakers and he hired him. So that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Like no offense to all these other, you know, coaching candidates, but a lot of them, it's like, you don't know anybody. No one knows you. You know, and they're not going to go for you. Even yeah, and Sean Marks and, and Steve Kerr have had this long-lasting relationship. I just, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I wonder how much credit, like, will Jacques Vaughn have the opportunity to get a hood coaching job in two years when the Brooklyn Nets have gone to the NBA Finals twice or whatever? Like, imagine this goes so. really, really well. Will Jacques yep. Vaughn have that same opportunity to have proven himself as one of the, the, one of the best lead assistants in the NBA at that point and have the opportunity to get a hood coaching job? Because I think he like coached his ass off in the first round yeah his team got they went down in a sweep but there were moments where they made it competitive with a, like a, a development league roster and mm-hmm. i was i was hoping that i was gunning for him to have an, a real opportunity to maybe take a job elsewhere i know that brooklyn was looking for a big name mm-hmm. for whatever i don't know why that crap matters but um yeah, Jacques Vaughn's really impressed me, and I, it, it, I'm sure yeah. he's excited. He's getting he's the lead, the most highest paid assistant in the NBA. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's not like Jacques Vaughn didn't even get a chance too, right? Because he actually was a head coach for a while. I mean, he, yeah. he, he coached yeah. with um, he coached with the, the Orlando Magic for a while. Um, yeah, and I don't think his coaching record was great, but I think the Magic were also pretty were terrible. Yeah, um, but I mean, the thing was, I think the the real thing that people are upset about is the fact that Steve Nash wasn't even an assistant anywhere. That's the thing. For any yeah. other coach, you're an assistant for a long time, right? And, and especially when you don't have these perceived opportunity or perceived advantages uh, that, that Steve had in terms of just like sort of inherent brilliance or whatever, right? Like a lot of these other coaches at least have been an assistant somewhere and done some stuff like that. But again, this is this is just a trend that happens a lot. Like Jason Kidd, same same deal, right? He, yeah. he finished playing. And how and did that go? The next- it was terrible. Derek Fisher, I terrible. Mean, that's why they always put another coach right there. It's like when, when they hired um, Steve Kerr and then all of a sudden Alvin Gentry was his lead assistant. Yeah, and, and they Brown tried to, was the lead assistant. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Well, they tried to hire Nick Nurse to be on uh, Steve Kerr's uh, coaching staff. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that we'd be seeing, you know, boxing ones from the Warriors if right. that had gone that way. That would have been, been a scary coaching combo. But luckily, <laughs> seriously, luckily we have Nick. And that's the thing. Like, if, if no one knows you, like no one really knew Nick like that, you have to grind. And so... Um, you know, there's obviously different ways, but 
But that's we the thing that makes me so happy for Nick is that he did the grind. And next mm-hmm. year, Steve Nash is going to win Coach of the Year in his first season as a head coach. I'm just like, what is what is this? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we have to we have to put out this message that uh, our producer is sending us. We have over 300 missed calls at the moment, and her phone is literally blowing up. It's kicking her off our Zoom call, and uh, we apologize for not getting to you. Honestly, it's just a technical issue. We would love to get to all 300. Uh, but we have our next caller, uh, Sopan Deb from the New York Times. What's going on? Hello? Sopan. Well, well we're, having, we're having difficulty. <laughs> it's all right. Look, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe the Raptors shouldn't have hit a game winner. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Guys. Maybe, honestly, maybe do, we, we. Do you guys hear me? Oh, there hey, we go. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks. Yes. Hey. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, of course, by of the way, so I don't know if you remember, but you and I watched a lot of that Buck no, series. No, we did, of course. So we sat, very we sat close to each other. other. Yeah, I, of course I remember. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember. Yeah, that was in Milwaukee. What, yeah. what series that was? I, I thought that series was uh, uh, was over early, and then of course, like almost all my basketball predictions, mm-hmm. I was wrong. Do, do you see? Do you see for you? Like, do you see similarities between this one and, and that that Buck series? Oh man. Uh I mean, you, you never know, right, until after when the Raptors were a ripoff four straight, and you go, yeah, this was like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I don't think so. I mean, the big difference is I think the Celtics are structured much differently than last year's Bucks team, and I've always been kind of a Bucks skeptic. Even last year I was a little bit of a Bucks mm. skeptic because I've never trusted the supporting cast around Giannis. Like, and, and I think the Celtics are a deeper team than last year's Bucks team was. Um, so in, in some ways it wasn't shocking that, that the Bucks, you know, lost that series, um, in part because look, the Raptors had Kawhi Leonard, who is a top elite level player along the same lines as Giannis. So in, in some ways it wasn't shocking to me. Um, but then again, every year is so different the development, the, you know, each roster structure is so different. I, I just think the Celtics are structured differently where they're not as top heavy. Like they don't have a Giannis or they don't have a Kawhi. They're a little bit more, uh, they're a little bit more deeper mm-hmm. from like the, you know, two to five level, if that makes sense. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's not even close. I think if you compare two to five, but I mean, I, I do think that, I mean, would we be saying this if Marcus Smart only hit four threes in that barrage in game right. two? I mean, it's true. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, on the other hand, I mean, so there's two schools of thoughts here. The funny thing about Marcus Smart hitting those mm-hmm. five threes in the fourth quarter, he still ended the game only shooting like six of 13 from the field. I think that's how bad his shooting game yeah. was up until that point. Um, but you're right. I mean, yep. this series could just as easily be – it could be 3-0, and right? Or it could just as easily yep. be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 2-1 in the Raptors' direction. Yep. Yeah. Make so what do, you think, Doug. what do you think happens next, Sopan? Do you think that the Raptors are able to continue this momentum, figuring out that the zone is delivering for them and the Celtics insane three-point shooting has started to cool off? Are you, are you worried? I know that you're a, a supporter of the Celtics. <laughs> I, first of all, I'm an unbiased reporter, first of all. Um, no. Uh, oh, yeah. For, uh, yeah we, for, I forgot that. It's not Yahoo where we have to. You know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> So I still think I, I still think that the Celtics have an advantage for the rest of the series. Um, I, I, I do. 
I also I also don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think I mean I don't think this thing you know. Uh, I, I don't think this you're you're I don't think you're going to have another game like game one for the rest of the series. Um, yeah, that was odd. Yeah, yeah, that was a very that was a very strange strange. I mean, there's been a strange occurrence in every single one of these games. So I don't know what the next strange thing is. But I, I don't know if I, you know as well as Kemba Walker played. I don't think you're getting another five for eighteen shooting game from Jason Tatum for the rest of the series. You know, I, I don't know if that's. I don't think you're getting. You know. Marcus, Marcus Smart is a very inconsistent shooter, but I don't think he's going to go four for 15 in the next game. You know, what this, I, a lot of this will come, uh, but you might. I, that, that one, that I'm one like, seems I, I don't know, man. He, he's a career, like 35% hey. shooter. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not even from three, I'm from the right. field. No, I listen. I, I, I think that Smart's shooting yeah. has improved over the years. And I think his, his percentages. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I think he is somewhere between, uh, 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 slightly below average to to about an average three-point shooter question is is like his, his shot selection has, has always been a problem you know that's been where he's kind of um you know can can cause your offense issues but then at the end, then you suddenly look up and he's hit five straight threes and you go he's the ultimate he's one of those like no no yes yeah. players you know like antoine walker used to be that guy yeah. for the celtics like no 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 yes you know oh yeah um but with that being said yeah. I, I still I, I still think that um you know if Tatum should continue shooting this poorly for us this year, yeah, the Raptors are going to play really. I just think that I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, so, with that being said, you know, the Raptors are an excellent defensive team. So, if they figured out Tatum on some level, yeah, they're going to win the series. The Celtics can't win, you know, can't beat the Raptors two more times with Tatum playing like this. You know, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, before we let you go, man, we, we got we to gotta grill you on one thing. Um, I think Raptors Twitter has gotten in your mentions at least once, but that one time earlier this season, I think you were talking about the New York Knicks and you said the Raptors and the Knicks have similar talent. Why do the Knicks are the Knicks so bad and the Raptors so good? That was, I think you were trying to make a point about the Knicks, but uh, can, you, can you address <laughs> that situation? Um, literally, <laughs> that might be the single worst prediction in the history of the NBA. Um, well, so I, I thought the Knicks would be a better team than they were last year. I thought the Knicks in the East, okay. I thought the Knicks in the East would challenge for the eighth spot. Now, the eighth spot in the East has nothing to write home about. And I thought the Raptors losing Kawhi would drop to around the sixth seed, like where Philly was this year. I thought they were a Philly-level team. Uh, both things were incredibly wrong and both things were, you know, were, were very, very inaccurate, um, which, which is why, uh, I, I tried to get out of the uh, business of predicting things. So when you ask me, do I see this as another Milwaukee yeah. series? I'm like, I don't know, man, don't, don't put me in that position. Cause whatever <laughs> I say, you know, whatever I say, I'm probably going to be wrong about, but I, I honestly thought the drop off between, uh, Kawhi, uh, and, and Kawhi less Raptors was going to be much bigger than it was. And it ended up not being really a drop-off, right? Actually increased their winning percentage. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks, I just, I just, I, my lessons learned from that is to never underestimate the Knicks dysfunction. You know, uh, I, I thought RJ. I think that's absolutely yeah, I thought RJ Barrett, who had a pretty good rookie season, I thought that the pieces would fit together better. I thought you'd see a lot more improvement from Kevin Knox. Um, I thought you'd see, you know, mm-hmm. I thought they had a couple of good pieces with Bobby Portis and blah, blah, blah. But they had like six forwards. You know, and 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 yep. so I, yeah. it just wasn't. 
it was never going to work. And unfortunately, you know, um, I, I put too much faith in, in, in the Knicks, which is a mistake I won't be making for some time. All right. Well, um, yeah, we appreciate you being on the show. Sorry, man. We, I, I, I hate to scream it on no, you. No, no, I deserve it. No, no, hold on. This is, this is journalism. you yeah, got to ask the tough questions. Listen, <laughs> I hold – my job as a journalist is to hold other people accountable, and that only works if I get held accountable. Yeah. So that was one where I was way off, and I deserve all the roasting from, from Canada that I have been getting for that tweet. I was going to say, how many, what was the ratio on your tweet? Like roughly, was it oh, like 500 replies? I, seven, I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. Um, because what happened, because this is one of those weird moments where it gets gradually worse throughout the season as the standings, you know, continually come right. into play. Yeah. It was one of those things where every month it got worse. <laughs> it got worse yeah, every month. Yeah, but Because um, someone will retweet, say, remember this yeah, take, exactly, and then exactly. oh. afternoon. You know, I, I it's just, give, it's free retweets. I don't know what it I'll is. I'll give Toronto fans credit in that they're a lot more mild than I would expect. Even when they roast me, they're a lot more polite about it than like fans from other, other fan bases would be. So, so I actually don't mind it that much. Mm, everyone's, everyone's been very good natured about it. All right, there you go. All right, so All right. thanks for joining the thanks show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. All right, take care. All right, All right. peace. That was pretty. That was pretty nice. That was pretty nice. Uh, he, here's some optimism. He... Oh, sorry. What did you say? Yeah, here's a bit of Celtics here. optimism, um, right. but also Raptors optimism. It feels like everybody believes that this is going to be a competitive series. I really do think that now it's going the distance. I know that my pre-series call was Raptors in five, um, which I would. Uh, I you know it, if they win game two and game three I think that's actually on pace but whatever. Uh, yeah. Question from the YouTube comments: uh, Pascal has been playing great defense, but offensively he's struggling a bit. What do you think is the cause? Lack of confidence, time off, rust, bubble life difficulties, or good defense on the part of the Celtics? Uh, I guess I'm going to force you to not answer all of the above. So do you want to pick one? Uh. It's definitely good defense. I think the Celtics are doing a really good job of just, like, putting defenders on them. I don't actually know why Brad Stevens went away from Semi Ojale, who did a really good job defensively on Pascal as sort of that ninth man off the bench kind of situation. And not sure why he stopped playing him. In game. Again, I don't, I don't understand what Brad Stevens was doing in game three, but I appreciate that he did it. Um, you know, I think it's good defense. I think Jalen Brown blocking him, wagging the finger of a tumbo style, it, it, it legitimately is good defense. The other thing I will say is Pascal just looks generally off in terms of just like his skill set, right? Like in terms of all the the tricky high skill stuff, like, um, you know, keeping a dribble alive in traffic, you know, crossing over, uh, you know, the shooting, everything like that. Everything just looks a little bit off right now. And I think that's probably the time off. I think that's probably also, uh, let's be honest, that's also kind of like his development period, right? He's not at a point development wise where everything is sharp. He's not as polished as a guy like Tatum or, you know, whoever else you want to compare him to. Um, but I mean, I liked that the commitment, first off, I liked that he kept shooting in game th- in the third quarter. Cause I think at one point I tweeted out is Rondé, what, what's Rondé saying? Cause he, you know, that he was missing a bunch of mid range shots and stuff like that. But I like that Pascal stayed engaged. I like that he kept going to the basket. I like that he picked his spots better. That little two man game that he ran was, so layup, was perfect. And then he found Fred for two threes in the fourth yeah. quarter, the two man game there. So, you, I don't think you need Pascal to be like a Kawhi type. There's not that kind of series. This is still a series you got to play together as a team. And yeah, I mean, with, with, with Pascal getting so much defensive attention, I want to see him getting more games like in game two where he had six assists. Yeah. 
So yeah, and I, that's and I actually I think it can't be denied how much of the burden that Pascal has been taking on the defensive end and completely mm-hmm. yeah. delivering there. He's been like remarkable. And um, there was a great yeah. possession where he uh, he drew a shot clock violation against Jason Tatum, uh, and he was like locked in for like the full twenty four. I don't think that mm-hmm. he got a pass off and then he got put up an air ball. It was really really yep. remarkable. And you have to give him his credit. If he's delivering on one end, he deserves to be out there because that's the kind of impact he can have. Um, also, by the way, there's no Kawhi anymore, okay? You cannot put Pascal on the bench ever, so you you got to ride it out. You, you win or lose with the guy, you know? Yeah. Um, we now have a Deep from Victoria on the line to discuss OG and Pascal. Deep, welcome back to the show. Yo, yo, how's it going, guys? <laughs> I'm doing well. Know. How are you been? I'm, I'm great, man. I- I'm like, well, I didn't, I couldn't sleep last night either. I was all giddy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> it's good though, man. We, <sighs> we're, we're back yep. in to this. Um, so OG and Pascal is what I wanted to mainly focus on. Um, as you guys know, I've called in a few times now. Yep. Um, uh, yep. I talked about OG and the steps we need him to take going forward and, and how, how I was on the OG and pa- OG over Pascal train back, back in the day, you guys can run it back. Uh, yep. You can check in December 13th. Uh, in that one, I was talking about that. And uh, we, were, okay. we were trying to talk about what, what we can do to, what he can do to improve and things like that. Right. Um, but what do you guys really think his, his ceiling is like, honestly, because, that after he made that shot and and you look at his reaction, that was cold. Like that was like Terminator esque, ice cold, ice yep. cold. I mean, even even Kawhi was screaming in the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> and OG just said nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable stuff, man. Yeah. Um, what am I gonna say? Uh, well, I mean, okay. So in terms of his his potential, I mean, first off. It's so hard to peg people's potentials. Like, if you told me what is Pascal's potential in, like, 2018 or stuff like that, I'd be like, he could be, like, a nice power forward. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you didn't expect him to develop the kind of ball skills that he did. Of course, right now we're not seeing them. But, I mean, throughout the course of the season, we did see a lot of that skill set from Pascal. I think kind of the same deal with OG. Like, first off, he needs to the, – the handle needs to get better, right? Like, I think that's pretty obvious. He needs to handle a little better. Nick Nurse has talked about the long scheme of things. He wants him to be able to handle the ball in the pick and roll, set screens, be involved in the pick and roll, pop, roll to the rim. I think his offensive awareness is good in general, but, you know, a lot of plays because of his handle. Like, you know, there was a play he, he, he swiped the ball from Jason Tatum and one-on-one, which is fantastic defense to do that. But then he couldn't leave the fast break because he couldn't get control of the ball. And that happens a lot. So get the handle down. But I think, you know, he's got a budding post game. Right. I mean, I think teams are trying to flop a lot against him, but he's able to post a little bit. Uh, he's got the spin move down really pat now. Like, I don't think it's in the scouting report, but it's really smooth whenever he does it. And he's pulled it off multiple times. And then the shooting is actually, he's a good shooter, man. I mean, like, when you watch him in practice like that, he makes more shots than Pascal does. Yeah, he can actually shoot. Like, I mean, Pascal's practicing more pull up <laughs> jumpers and stuff like that. But, you know, OG, I mean, when he's warming up and he's practicing, he's practicing the pick and roll stuff. He's practicing the, you know, He's doing all the pick and roll drills in terms of coming off the high screen, pulling up a three, or maybe pulling up in the mid range. Like he's working on it, and of course, he's the youngest guy, and he's like basically younger. He's younger than Terrence, and Terrence yeah. is a rookie. You know what I mean? So give him a little bit more time, give him a little more polish. I, I don't know what to say for the ceiling because he's already done really, really well. I thought his ceiling was a three and D guy when he was a rookie, 
And he's already done what a 3 and D guy should give you. Like he's already close to 50% from the field. He's close to 40% from three. The free throw shooting could improve, but he's already an elite defender, defends everywhere. I mean, look at him. Like Nick Nurse played him the first 15 minutes of the game. Like, you know how much you got to trust a guy to play him 15 straight minutes? No doubt. It was... So I, I, I don't even know. It's hard to say, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that, like, I always dreamed that he could look like Jeff Green before the, like, his medical scare. Um, just super athletic, pretty decent defense, solid enough shooter. Um, but I'm not, like, Jeff Green also didn't go the way that I thought Jeff Green would go. But, yeah, OG's just looked phenomenal. Like, and even throughout the season, just seeing his athleticism come back more and more each year he's been in the league, coming in off, off of a bum ACL. He's just, yeah, phenomenal. The handle is the thing. It's mm-hmm. It keeps him from – if he's able to handle out of the pick and roll, he's able to get to his spot, and he's a decent enough pull-up shooter from there. Um, but until he gets there, it's kind of st- stuck, waiting for the offense to get to him. But- 100% I agree about the handle for sure. But I feel like he's, he's already taken like some, some baby steps in terms of getting more comfortable handling the ball, and they've been running more plays for him and stuff. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at that spin move, man. Yeah. That, yeah, the spin move is, that, that, is that, that, that spin's been in this game since he, since he was a rookie. The spin dunk. Yeah, um, that's true. Let's talk about Pascal uh, a little bit, if, if you guys don't mind. Yeah. Um, he's obviously our number one option, and, and he's, our, he's our go-to guy. So we, we can't be discouraged and, and, and worry about when he's not making shots. I, I get it's tough. It, Celtics are a really difficult team to, to, to go up against on offense. And uh, he's he's still defending, and he's still he's still giving us stuff on on the other end there, which is which is great. But offensively, I want to focus on it a little bit. Is you just can't post up Jalen Brown anymore. Like he can't score on him. Like it's very difficult for him to yeah. to, to to do that. Those post ups have not been working. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think you know when they get the mismatch against Kemba, I think he can post up a little bit more. I think. Honestly, I want to see him face up just a little bit more time. I think that would really help. Um, I, I just him being able to use his quickness because when you're when you're backing a man down, like quickness doesn't really factor in there. Like mm-hmm. people already know he's going to spin, so they're sitting hard on that. That's why he's not spinning is because they're literally sitting right where he's going to spin. Mm-hmm. So and he's not that, know, I think he's not that there's not too much that he can. No, but I I, th- I like him as a passer right now in terms of the defense is still reacting really hard to Pascal. So when they run the pick and roll, when they have him hand off, when they have him setting their screen and they have him catching and moving to the basket, the Celtics are always sending two guys at him when he's moving. Yeah, And so that's why he can kick out the Fred. And that's what we saw, the two plays in the fourth quarter, Pascal driving face up, you know, in a, in a pick and roll situation in a two man game, drawing extra defenders and kicking out the Fred. I, I don't, I don't expect Pascal to score efficiently at a high level consistently right now in the playoffs. I just don't think his skill set warrants that. But he can still create for others. He can still defend. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I th- honestly, I think you can – I mean, you're going to need the best of Pascal, but you don't need Pascal to give you, like, 35 points per game Agreed. to beat the Celtics. The Raptors are never shaped that way, right? Like, they have five guys all season average 16 or more. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. not just Pascal or nothing. It, it's, it's, it's a team. And if Pascal can play within that team effort, which I know he can – I think they'll still be okay. So one hundred percent. Yeah. And you touched on it a little bit. Well, um, we got to try and try and get whoever Kemba is guarding to, to set screens and get get switched off onto him to to try and get those those easy buckets, right? Yeah. yeah. Kyle Lowry really like exposed not exposed Kemba, but early and often went at him, and it was effective and got the offense 
running. Um, mm. and that's what's going to continue to happen. And if you're able to switch on him and have somebody drop the basket, you'll get the, you'll sort of get the gunk out of the Raptors' offense and operate more effectively in the half court. Because stay confident. At times you guys know that inverting the ball screens. The, the 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 other game where yep. they weren't they weren't sending it going middle they changed it to go baseline every time because because uh, the Celtics ice every screen so hard or or the leprechauns yep. from Boston as I call them yeah and and honestly when they try to ice the screen that hard like I well what's interesting is they the Raptors got a couple of looks where they just threw the ball to the screener like Mark usually in this case. And the yeah. guys would, instead of trying to come up to get the ball, they would just reject the screen altogether and then just spot yeah. up because yeah. no defenders in them. Because Smart is already playing him away, trying to deny him from getting the ball, getting into the middle. If you just shift towards the sideline, and obviously the center is dropped back, you have an open catch-and-shoot look there. So I think the Raptors did a good job finding that as well. More in game two yeah. than game three, but that's also an option. So, I mean, the coaching the coaching battle in this game, in this series, is phenomenal. Like, Stevens and and and... and Earth, they're, they're probably the top two the smartest coaches in the NBA right now. Yeah. It's, it's, and so we're going to be seeing chess matches all through I mean, the series. Eric Spolstra has like, yeah, like true. pants to Mike Budenhoser, but yes. Spolstra, G. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, got, I, I know what segment it is. I love, I love Spolstra. I got a Stanley suggestion. I, I, I know you guys are going to be ending. So I got a suggestion. I don't know if I can right. stop it or not. <laughs> go for it, man. Yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, like a month or two back, I was watching the jump um, with Rachel Nichols. And in the bubble, there's a number of NBA officials who are playing pickleball in the courtyard of one of the hotels there, uh, namely, namely Scott Foster. And, and a few of the players were, were noticing uh, that the, the rest were, were, were playing pickleball. So maybe, uh, maybe Stanley can, can get a little sweat in and, and jump in there. <laughs> Yeah, maybe get maybe get a couple of refs on our side. Come on, man, Stanley, then do your part. Exactly. Get 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 a couple. No, I like calls. that. Get I a couple like calls, right, and soften them up a little bit. Maybe maybe buy yeah. some donuts or something. Yeah, anything, man. All right, we appreciate <laughs> Thank it, man. You boys. Thanks for Take the call. Care. Stay well. Right. You too. Peace. Stay well, man. You want to get to us, Stanley? Suggestions? Um, I think I'm gonna get one more caller. Um, one more caller. Yeah, there's someone that uh, we had arranged that would have call in, but we'll hear from, you know, loved by many. Um, did you have a Stanley suggestion? Oh, well, let's take a call. Um, do you think that guys, that you think the Knicks should be drawing up plays for OG? He seems to be in real good groove offensively. Um, I don't know about calling a plays for OG, but um, I think OG should assert himself. I think there, that's the difference. Is if OG. Uh, wants to test the jumper or to, to test driving on a guy, go for it. But I'm not sure about bending the offense more towards him is a good idea. Will, you do? Um, I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't mind it. Obviously, he shot the ball better. First of all, he shot the ball better than any other Raptor this series. Like, it's, it's actually not close. OG shot the ball well in three games. Yeah. Uh, game one, he was 12 points, four or six. One of three from three. Game two, seven of 12 from the field, four, six from three. And then game three, Four of eight from the field, three of five from three. So, and he's gotten to the free throw line in each of the three games there. So, I, I don't hate getting him a couple more looks. The thing is, you don't need to get OG looks to stay to have him be involved like you might with the centers, just because OG's committed on defense and every single possession. You don't need to like uh, baby him a little bit. But I, I guess I, I my thing is 
you know, what kind of plays can you run for him right now, right? Because you, you can maybe have him spot up, which I think is is fine. I think you can do that. They occasionally run, like, a little double screen hammer play for OT to get open in the corner. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they try to run a lot of pick and rolls and stuff like that. So you're going to need most of your playmakers right now to be able to, to handle the ball and move the ball. And that's why so much of the offense runs through Fred, Kyle, and Pascal. And so, you know, I, I think as 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 the what, essentially, if you're going to run more plays for OG, what you really need to happen the most is for the other guys to be rolling, for the other guys to be drawing help, and then for the ball to swing to OG because OG shooting them with confidence right now. But you kind of need other people to set them up, so you kind of yep. need your primary playmakers like Pascal to 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 not be struggling. Yeah. All right, we have uh, our, our last call for the day. Uh, you've probably seen her on uh, pretty much every channel uh, on the dial this week. If you turn on the radio this morning, you've heard this voice. Iman, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Long time listener, few time caller, I guess. Um, so, you've you've called them before. Yeah, few time caller, few time caller. Um, I <laughs> I you know I want to come in and just like gush about Kyle Lowry, and I had like a question prepared for that, but then I heard Sopan Deb be an unabashed Celtic homer under the guise of like journalist like <laughs> under the guise of being unbiased. And so I figured um I would just be an unabashed Raptors homer and counter some of the points that he Wait, made. but I, I thought I thought the Celtics were your team though. Wow. Uh, huh? So Josh, what? this conversation is I between you and I right Paul now. Pierce, I believe, your favorite player? I can't believe there's someone else on this call. <laughs> Josh, how are you today? Uh, <laughs> is this an Africans only conversation? <laughs> Um, I'm doing <laughs> um, yeah, Paul Pierce, Paul uh, Pierce is one of my favorite players. Listen, we all make mistakes as children. I, mm. um, but, I don't understand. <laughs> it, but. So I, I want to, okay, so there uh, were a couple points. He, he talked about Jason Tatum not going five for 18. Uh, so I decided to pull up Jason Tatum's basketball reference, and I noticed another game where he went five for 18, also against the Toronto Raptors this year. Just saying. Hmm. It becomes, it becomes hmm. a pattern when it happens multiple times against a team. Also, I saw a game there where he went one for 18, and I just needed to point that out because what the hell, Jason Tatum? One for 18? Hmm. Okay, so what? one for 18, That's yes. He had that <laughs> against the Dallas Mavericks right. on November 11th, so 11-11. What? <laughs> yeah. This man was struggling to score on Trey Burke. What's going on? <laughs> what? Tim Hardaway Jr. had him on clamps, dog. Jeez. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, so um, I, my question initially, well, well, to counter some of Stokin's point, you know, the Celtics not shooting as poorly or Jason Tatum not shooting as poorly. We've seen Jason Tatum do that against the Raptors before. And also, what Raptor is shooting well outside of OG Ananobi? Even Matt Thomas is out here missing threes. So it's not really like anything is happening. Mm. But I guess my question is, where does last night's game ranks for you guys as the best Kyle Lowry game? This is so hard. It's, it's yeah, it's a, it's, it is way up there. Um, yeah. Is it top five? Okay. I think game six last year, number one. You got that has to be number sure. one. That has to be number one, game yeah. six. Game six just, it, it has to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Miami. It's not I mean, game seven. My uh, Miami, it was a better performance in that one, but I mean, like, with the significance relative to the significance of the game itself, yeah. for the Raptors to be losing game five in that fashion, they kind of blew it at the end, right? Yeah. They go back on the road. You don't want to lose momentum there. For Kyle Lowry to set the tone early in that one, just like he did uh, in game three last night, is phenomenal. That leadership yeah. that he showed, and he was just a great game. I mean, don't forget he had twelve assists in that oh, game he, too. It was, yeah. it was brilliant. Like, he I found guess... Pascal for the game-winning assist. I'm, I'm going to yeah. counter with, but that. I mean, in no, 2016, 2016 Kyle Lowry, game seven against, yeah, 30, 35 points, thirty-five points in game seven. That was that was it for 
for me and like still game six to me is number one okay. i put game seven miami two and this is probably three like the three and then game seven against brooklyn is my r- rushmore what about That's, game one against the, the yeah. bucks that was a pretty good one, even if it was an. Hour. I mean, that was a fantastic. Well, that was game. a good, yeah. That was and a fantastic. If they, Kyle if they had called, if they had called Chris Middleton tripping Danny Green a half court, <laughs> the Raptors probably would have won that game, right? Because somehow the referees didn't see that, even though you know Danny Green had the ball and somehow he slipped. Um, no, that was a great game too, performance wise. Uh, I, I, you know, I I felt a little bit like that was going to be his best game of the playoffs. And I think he did do better in game six in finals. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there were a couple of good performances, right? Like, even game seven against Philly, not a great offensive game by anybody outside of Kawhi and maybe Serge with the threes. Yeah. But Kyle Lowry, with the hustle plays that he was making, remember that play where Ben Simmons was driving the ball? And Kyle Lowry literally grabbed the ball, then, like, fell to the ground somehow, like, basically tackled him. <laughs> and then, you know, that was called a charge. Like, Kyle's making so many plays in that one. His assist, uh, the, the hit-ahead pass to Pascal and transition there, too. Like, I mean, Kyle's always shown up in big games. I just want yeah, to see Kyle That's just a fact. If the, like are, if the Raptors and... are getting swept, yeah. then, yeah, Kyle's not coming. But, like, if, <laughs> if it's a close game, the Raptors have a reasonable chance, Kyle's coming out, so. You had to throw that in there. You had to <sighs> throw that in there. Okay, I just I figured we needed some more Kyle love because it seems like it's a lot of Pascal hate. Of course, rightfully so, a lot of OG and Obi love. But mm. that, that pass by Kyle Lowry was some of the most – that was, to me, the best inbound pass I've ever seen in my life, so. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I just I just wanted to call in and just, get some Larry love, the, and also thank you for the show, guys. I think we needed this today, so it was perfect that you guys did this. It was very oh, fun. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, listen to Dishes and Dimes. Watch Raptors group chat. Um, Honestly, turn on your TV. Amon's going to be there. Uh, salute. Actually, no, seriously, <laughs> the, the whole Dishes and Dimes crew is everywhere. Putting in work. Plugging in everything. Yep. No, seriously, absolutely. Like, it, it, you guys are everywhere. I mean, like, yeah, it's awesome. Yasmin is on every podcast uh, in my podcast feed <laughs> right now. Um, you know, we saw we saw Sandy making an appearance on on CP. CPT four. Katie's obviously Katie's Katie putting wrote a fantastic piece on OG and OB before, by the way, the shot. Yeah. So you know what I mean. Like, go read about that. We need her to start uh, writing. Yeah, you know, we need her to start writing pieces work. on everyone, so everyone could start shooting like that. We just need more Katie's writing in general yeah, in the yeah. world. Yeah. And then, of course, the Raptors group chat, which is uh, which has been fantastic. It's been yeah, – even after been... losses, it's it's really nice to have that. So, Yeah, Un- unbelievable it. work. You guys are doing such a good job. Thank but Metro know. Morning this morning, I was like, yo, but wait. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my coffee. <laughs> I love wait, that you were watching morning? Metro Morning. Me and Sarah were on Metro Morning this morning. Oh, I woke wow. up with like my voice completely shot, and I was like, "Hi guys, yeah, sorry, yep, sorry, I'm ready for the call." <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, thanks guys. Was, I don't want to take more of your time. I just wanted to gush about Kyle Lowry some. Oh, I, was, I remember this reading something honestly, from, from this writer named Will Liu a, a couple of years ago about Lowry not really being able to get mm-hmm. to the paint anymore. Um, if Lowry, Lowry couldn't get to the free throw line because he couldn't drive anymore, if he wasn't getting fouled mm. on, on a jumper, he wasn't going to get there. His three-point shot being his entirety mm. of his game. Um, you know, I just, I just remember reading this uh, from, from this trusted guy who had to bring up my Celtics love in my childhood. So I had to bring up uh, someone who thought, uh, who thought well, Kyle Lowry was done a couple of years ago. <laughs> wow. I, I can't believe Lou Williams said all that about Kyle. All right. Um, <laughs> thanks for the call, Iman. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye, right. guys. Keep doing your thing. Peace. Bye. All, all right. right. Uh, 
time. Yeah, look, listen, I take all that back. Okay, all the stuff I said about Kyle being old, something like that. Clearly, Kyle is just saving himself for the playoffs. I think I should know better. What's wrong? That's it. Kyle's like, amazing, man. Yeah, historical never precedent means nothing to Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he's been remarkable. Hey, by the way, uh, actually, I want to give one last shout out to Kyle because he played forty six point five minutes last night. Forty six minutes twenty nine seconds exactly. And, uh, you know, you have Giannis playing uh, no more than 40 <laughs> minutes in game six of an elimination game in the East Finals. You're on the cusp of bleeding, taken out of the playoffs. And, you know, it just goes to show the difference between regular season coaches and playoff coaches. And, what do you think happens tonight in that series? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, Giannis is probably going to win the 32 minutes that he plays by like 15 points. <laughs> But that unfortunately leaves another 16 minutes for other people to play. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I honestly think Miami's just flat out outplayed the Heat in two straight games. They've beaten them twice in the regular season. They schemed really yep. well. A lot of their rookie guys have played really well. And, honestly, the Bucks just don't look flexible. Like, they don't look like no. they have any counters, nothing like that. When you watch a Raptors game, plan A isn't working. You go to plan B. You see a zone. You see two centers. You see, you know, whatever, right? Box and one. You're seeing different – you know, initiators for basketball plays. The Bucks, A, the talent is just not there. Who can really create for that team? You know what I mean? It's Giannis. Giannis can create. I don't know who else can. And then B, it's just like, what else do they do defensively? You know, oh, Jimmy Butler's got 40 points. We have Giannis over here. Can't do, we can't do that. We got to have Giannis guard Jay Crowder. You know what I mean? So again, it just comes down to coaching. And it's, it's a damn shame to see an MVP, a back-to-back MVP, getting his prime years wasted in, in Cleveland. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, in Milwaukee. And it's, it's just going to be a damn shame when he forms a big three somewhere in the north uh, in, in about a year from now. So, look, listen, I mean, you know. Pat yeah. Connaughton's anyway, been Colorado. so bad. It's like I feel, the Pat Connaughton thing is, yeah. it's like, no, I. No, that whole series, by the way, is, is, the, is the sunburn series. That, that's, that whole series is brought to you by uh, <laughs> Copper <Cone. laughs> Stanley suggestions. Stanley suggestions for today, uh, September fourth, two thousand and twenty. Um, on this day, uh, the the new Big Sean record. I listened to it this morning. Okay. I'm kind of rocking with it. Uh, it's right. a little too long, but I've enjoyed it so far. Um, and it's nice to have Big Sean back. You know, he's had a strange couple of years. Um, I'm a big fan of his ability to be a rapper. Um, I think some of the song selection is shaky, but I've been rocking with it this morning and. Uh, yesterday night so i encourage stanley to check it out and all of you listeners all right there we go how about you um my stanley suggestion this week um i you know i had one and i forgot it for some reason um what would i suggest oh yeah um yeah look listen you probably have a lot of downtime in the bubble raptors canceling practice to give guys more rest um (laughs) maybe order yourself a nintendo switch it's hard to get your hands on one in toronto apparently but um get your hands on a switch and get the fire emblem three houses game uh the fire emblem franchise a fantastic franchise dating back to the game boy advance days shout out to fire emblem seven fire emblem eight as well sacred stones um yeah the the new the newest edition of the game three houses it is a really long game like you could probably sink like 200 hours of gameplay in there sort of playing through the three story modes but it's fantastic i love the fire emblem series um yeah, so that's what I'm recommending to, to Stanley. He probably has 200 free hours right now. So, you know, dig in, man. Dig in. Learn your can the rest weapon, of us read weapon your, advantages. Can uh, we read your work in Kotaku now? What? 
Kotaku, the like game magazine. Oh. Um, When's your first feature they're going to be published? You know, Would I, you? I, 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 honestly, you know, I don't know where my career will take me, but maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> I'll be writing for Shonen Jump. <laughs> Shonen Jump. That would be, that'd be pretty cool. Shout out Shonen Jump, man. An elite magazine, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Shonen Jump and uh, Sports Illustrated when I was 11 years old would uh, yeah. take out issues from Albion Library and uh, have to return wow. them. Wow. That's a hot commodity, man. No, the pro yeah. move was going. The pro move was going to the max at the uh, La Rose Plaza, and going into the max and just standing in the magazine section uh, for twenty five minutes. And, Seriously, yeah, because I'm not they, paying for that. Yeah, I might agreed. I might teeth it, but I, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is what it is, baby. Um, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Appreciate everyone for calling in. We've set a career high for this show. Uh, our producer, Ashley, telling us the final tally for number of calls is 366. So um, we appreciate the love, honestly. I wish the show could be three hours and we could just get everyone to call in. But we appreciate the love. We appreciate the enthusiasm. We apologize to anyone who couldn't get in. Uh, you know, the, the mechanism is what it is right now. But we appreciate the love. Keep calling in. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, salute. You'll have the that. opportunity to call in again uh, next Thursday when we're back on the 10th um, to break down right. uh, you know, game six and we'll see you all then. Any Thanks. last words? No. $10 money bucket for two. <laughs> lunch is, lunch is uh, on its way. All right. Peace. Yep. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.